Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. I'm Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist and author, and along with me, I have my co-host, Jay Ciano, a New York-based serial entrepreneur, business scaling expert, and wellness aficionado. We are here to inspire, encourage growth, and most importantly, to live better. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Today we have on a Claritangent intuitive healer, the fantastic Ebony Banks, and she's here. She's to teach us about all of her inner spiritual resources and how she helps people heal. Welcome to the show, Ebony. Thank you so much for having me. And nice to meet you, Jay, because as Erica mentioned, she and I have met before. Yes, great to meet you. And now Erica really has my interest peaked based (laughs) on that intro. So I can't wait to hear more. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about I know, I know you do many things, but let's just say the experience that um, I was lucky to have with you. What was that about and how did that work? And tell everyone what a Claritangent intuitive healer is. Yes. So I just like the word intuitive as opposed to like psychic because I think psychic is really outdated and I just don't resonate with that word. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, believe everyone is intuitive and they're kind of different levels to intuition. And so Claritangent is kind of a specific way that I um, share readings with clients. Like that's my most dominant intuitive expression, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So the way that you receive information, right? Yes. Okay. I receive information in a number of ways, but when it comes to like how I work with clients, it's definitely the Claire Tangent sessions are um, the most dominant. And just for reference, Claire, C-L-A-I-R, just means clear and mm-hmm. tangent means touch. Mm-hmm. And most people are familiar with clairvoyant. You know, that's a very popular Claire sense. And there's seven Claire senses, mm-hmm. but people put like they pack everything under the clairvoyant umbrella, but they're all very specific to different types of ways of receiving information. And so with me, you know, when I'm touching someone and I'm open and in that really receptive position, I can get information about them, you know? And one interesting thing about people who are Claritangent is that we also experience clairvoyance and clairsentience at the same time. Like all those things are happening in a session with me, whereas someone who is, you know, clairvoyant or claircognizant or one of the other clairs, they're really just experiencing one thing at a time. But Mm -hmm. with touch, it kind of like triggers the other things, Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. other multiple things are happening. I I just wanted to say, so, so with Ebony, um, we did a phone session and I was laying on the ground and she had a teddy bear that she was using to uh, to signify my own body, right? Or to, to yeah. help with that uh, process, and um, which is really interesting. And I know I've done a lot of readings with people like o- over Zoom, uh, you know, different kinds of intuitive uh, healers. And um, so I've to, so just to let everybody know, that's what that's what mostly you do a lot of, and I think in person as well, right? You do. Um, Touch yes. Them. Yeah. So through touch. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, how did this start? Like when, we, how old were you when you started to mm-hmm. uh, receive information or realize that you could, you know, intuitively tap into somebody's like, you know, yeah. spirit ailments, what was going on with them? When did that happen? So I've been um, aware that I was receiving information or that I knew things. As a child, I I was aware that I knew things people didn't tell me. 
And I didn't know how I knew, you know, I never heard the word intuitive, had no idea. I just really didn't understand myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And it stressed me out, really, you know, like I wished it away. I I didn't want it to happen, you know? And then um, it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I kind of started to meet like-minded people and started to understand myself a little more. And then in 2012, this is a long story, but I accidentally learned that I was clairtangent. Well, quote unquote, accidentally, right? It was just time. Mm-hmm. Learned that I was clairtangent because I was. Um, I had an appointment with a Reiki master for uh, either clearing my chakras or um, we were doing something with my chakras. And so, you know, the day of the appointment, that's what I thought I was going to have done. She was prepared to attune me to Reiki. And I had zero interest in Reiki. I didn't, you know, I wasn't interested in being a quote unquote, like Reiki healer, but I just went with what she was prepared to do that day. So, you know, we're in the park, we walk to a park and this is where the Reiki attunement took place. And she's praying over me and doing all these things. And it's a public park and I'm in Brooklyn, New York city. And this tall Jewish man with a yarmulke walks over and asks, you know, what are you doing? And he sees that the papers say Reiki. And then he asks if I would like to practice on him. And so the woman is like, of course, you know, the universe always sends you exactly what you want, right? (laughs) So he lays down in the grass, he takes off his shoes and I start doing essentially what she just taught me to do. Mm -hmm. But when I started touching him, I was getting information about him. And so I said to her, like, can I talk? Because Reiki is a silent practice. So I asked her if it was okay for me to talk because I'm getting all this information about his wife and his daughter. And Mm -hmm. so um, she told me to talk and I just, you know, by the time I was finished, there was this whole scenario that I helped him, you know, deal with, (laughs) you know, because um, it was just really traumatic experience that he was having. So until Mm -hmm. that very moment, I had zero idea that I could do that. Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It was just time, you know, because like I said, as a kid, it's something that I I was aware of. of, But as a child, I think it was more um, claircognizant, which is when you just automatically know something, you know, Mm -hmm. and clairsentient, which is when you feel, which so many of us are clairsentient, you know. But the information you, so do you ever talk to spirit or do you have any medium? Yeah. I don't, I mean, when I'm in the sessions with a client, I don't really know where the information is coming from. You know, I don't, there isn't like um, Mm -hmm. something outside of me that I acknowledge that is giving it to me. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's not me, right? I know Mm -hmm. it's the vessel, but I don't know what, I don't have a name or an identification for where it's coming from. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it just comes. When, when you described Claire Tangent and then you mentioned how you and Erica had worked together previously, yeah. I was assuming that you were in the same room and you were touching <laughs> her. Obviously, that was not the case. So right. <laughs> when you talk about um, using something else like a teddy bear or something, yeah. to can you talk about that? Because I, I, I listening to the conversation, I'm sure a lot of people have the same question. So how are you mm-hmm. able to do what you would be able to do in person by touching her mm-hmm. through Zoom or technology by touching a teddy bear. Yeah. So I prefer, I don't like, you know, computers and Zoom when I'm doing those things. I think those energies are just distractions, you know, so I have to do it over the phone because I have to talk okay. to the person. Yeah. So it's usually a phone call for my remote sessions and the teddy bear, um, as Erica mentioned, I, I use this teddy bear that I bought just for this purpose with all my remote clients. 
And, you know, I'm touching the same places on the teddy bear that I would touch the person if they were in front of me. And I get the same information, you know, the same. It's, it's literally as if the person was in front of me. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And it was very spot on. I, you know, she, we went through all the chakras, right? So if you want to tell everybody a little bit about the chakras and, and, and just maybe yeah. like all the, the different energy, um, the, the, where we store all of our energy and how they all respond in terms of the way that we live our lives. But it was yeah. really interesting. So she went through the chakras and, and it was really accurate. I mean, everything was, you know, I mean, just saying from my experience, it was, um, it was certain things that I think I had, you know, because I think we, you know, mentally we are in denial, we push things aside, we have distractions, everyday life comes. And so you don't really acknowledge or give the attention that sometimes are, we need, you know. And so interestingly mm-hmm. enough, she brought that kind of forth and I was able to then, you know, acknowledge, oh, wow, that that is true. You know, I, I hadn't really been able to, you know process that myself. So to be able to have someone else bring that up. And then I was able to process it after our call and, you know, either take action on it or think about it. And, you know, I thought that was very, very useful. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that because, you know, I'm still in awe every single time it happens and it's been happening for over 10 years now. And I'm still like, how is this happening? Like it blows me away every single time, you know? Um, I wish, you know, science would, was a, a little bit more interested in spirituality to like understand how are these things happening? You know, I have my own ideas because I I understand everything is energy, frequency and vibration. Right. And so somehow I think people like me are able to tap in more to like the available energy than other people, you know, and it's a choice, you know, because I choose to do it. Um, But I think we all have the same capacity. You know, it's, it's just like a muscle that you kind of have to exercise and then you can expand that capacity because I think it's a very natural human expression. And it's unfortunate that more of us don't have these kinds of experiences, you know. Um, but, yeah, the sessions are, you know, I, I definitely focus on the seven main chakras. And I always tell clients, too, my sessions are, you know, you go to like, you know, get Reiki, for example, and it's this feel good thing. Like my sessions can be really intense because the body is highly intelligent. You know, it holds every memory from utero. So I could pick up absolutely anything. And typically it's something that the person like is holding in their body's energy field that is kind of like they're ready to deal with. It's like, that's the thing that I'll pick up on. And so some people will come to me with a very specific idea of what they, what they're wanting to have happen. But I can only do whatever I pick up on in your body. You know, I'm, I'm not like a fortune teller or something like that. You know, it's like I just I just tell you what your body is telling me. And if your body is telling this to me, it's because it's highly resonant for you right now. You know, mm-hmm. are you ever delivering negative things that you are concerned <laughs> about delivering? So. I don't believe in good and bad. So I don't really, you know, I I think I understand. I know, of course, I understand what you mean when you say negative, but I don't believe in good and bad. So I, you know, um, I'm really mindful of how I share a message, right? Because, you know, if you're a tarot card reader or someone else, and you're like, oh, you must hear this before to stop this thing from happening. Like, that's just sensational and ridiculous. You know, it's not, I I, I don't approach anything that way ever. Um, You know, I, there are times when, you know, really 
heavy things I pick up in people and I just address them as lovingly as I can. You know, I don't really think about things as being good or bad. And so I know that because I don't, I have to like filter how I talk about it. Sure. I can be more matter of fact about something that somebody thinks is horrific, right? But I've learned not to judge things. So, you know, I, I might just like say the thing. So I have to be sensitive in that way. But I also, you know, am mindful of of making sure it's a loving message because at the end of the day, I, I think everything is always in divine order, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah I don't ever think of it in that way. Yeah, it, well, it's beautifully said. And, you know, I... I understand how you would have that perspective and you know obviously at the same time want to you know want to make sure that something potentially heavy that when it lands on somebody is obviously going to have a major impact on on you know the 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 next phases of their life right yeah um, absolutely which is powerful because you know i think it's also intimidating like when i hear this i'm like man do i want to know do i not want to know like it's one of those well, it's all like she said it's all in, in, in loving things you know the way i oh. think what what makes it a little bit more like so for instance like if she's telling me something that i kind of already know but i but i don't really want to confront it yet that's so it's, it's our own interpretation of what the information she gives us it's kind of like the interpretation am i ready to confront that like if i was upset about it let's just say it's because i personally don't like confrontation or I'm not good at communication or I am scared to say something to somebody because of their nature, you know, like there's so much underneath it that it's not necessarily information. It's just how we receive it. And then, so for me, like she said something to me about being ready to communicate something to my husband, you know, let's, let's just I'm giving an example. I don't, <laughs> there was a couple different things, but, but let's, so for me, it's like, well, do I really want to do that yet? Not really, but right. yet I know it to be true. So it's kind of, a, it lands on us to then sure. we take action. Yeah. Are we ready to, you know, and do you, like, do you, Erica, said, do, you feel, do you feel like you have intuition? Yeah, I definitely do. Especially in the, the work I do in recovery. I feel like I can, definitely sense uh what someone needs in terms of like uh to heal in that part you know i'm in the i'm an addiction counselor i'm a licensed addiction counselor so you know for me like my intuition i pick up on certain things like that um which i think you probably do too in your day-to-day -day, but i think it's only because we're with the certain energy we're around and you know what we like anything you do habitually right you're gonna you're going to start feeling, I think, a little bit more uh, naturally. Yeah, I think people that are more open to it, you know, receive it more. Um, maybe not to the extent of Ebony. Like, we should yeah. all be so blessed to have that sort of, you know, uh, like, real uh, amazing talent and gift. But, but the thing is, you are, you know, yeah. and so much of the barrier I think that people have is like mental. You yeah. know, like, we, we have very limited view of just who we are right? Just the person that we are. And so when you think about who you are and your non-physical presence and like all the things that that connects to, like some of us, we can talk about it all day long. We can like to hear about it, but it's a whole nother thing to believe it yeah. and to live it, you know? And I think that is where so many people get tripped up because if you just allow your, your, your brain to think about who you are a little differently and expand your view of yourself, you know, like that shifts, that alone shifts your energy and allows you to be more receptive because, you know, our brain can be such a block for things.
So Ebony, did you have parents or did you have an environment um, that encouraged this kind of open-mindedness around this? Because I feel like certain people that may not <laughs> ever see themselves as an intuitive has so yeah. many narratives going on in their, let's say, family or culture or religion yeah. or sex that they just can't, you know, they just, it's like, I don't believe in this stuff. Like, that's it, period, you know, versus like ever... Yeah, cracking open a little bit. I think that's what holds, I think, a lot of people back when I talk about things like this. Yeah, I mean, my I grew up in a Christian family, right? So, you know, the idea of what God is was very much around Jesus and, you know, being baptized and all these things. Like a very traditional Black American Baptist church is where I spent a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But I, I never understood, like, how they identified God as a he. Like, that always confused me because I never thought of God as a person, right? And this is a child's mind thinking this. And so I just heard the word he and I was like, oh, people think it's a person? Like, it's not a person. And then, um, you know, and my family was was pretty rigid around Christianity. But what I learned in my 20s, which really changed things for me, was that my maternal great grandmother read palms for a living in the Jim Crow South. She lived in Tampa in the 1940s. And so my family has this other way. You know, they understand that life can, you know, there's another way of living and experiencing life that no one said to me until I was in my 20s. And it was such a relief, you know, because she had transitioned before I was born, so I never knew her. And um, she, my mom can remember lines of people, you know, out the front of her door and like around the corner, people sitting in their cars waiting for her, people piled up in her living room. And this is a black American woman in the Jim Crow South. And all these clients are white, of course, right? And that's not a life anyone ever thinks of when they think about Black life in the 1940s in this country. And she did so well that she owned her home. She had a a driver and a car. Like, this is just not a life that you think of. So when I have learned all these things about her, it just really gave me so much um, relief because I've always known there was so much more. I was never comfortable talking to my family about the things I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a child, I even thought I was bad for it, you know? I thought, oh, I know things adults don't know or things adults didn't tell me, so I have to be bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would go to the other extreme and then I would think, oh, I'm really smart. That's how I know these things. Like, I was just trying to understand. This is like my seven-year-old self, you know? So, no, my family really, I think, had I had more of a family that was open to more and like talking more about different ways of experiencing life mm-hmm. and experiencing, you know, God or source energy or the universe, whatever name you want to give that, you know, supreme intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have accepted this part of myself a lot sooner because it's taken years for me to like not think I'm weird and to be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. But you just used the word transitioned. So when you say transition, (laughs) what do you mean by that? And what do you believe happens through transition? So I definitely believe in past lives, you know, and um, I think we all essentially in our current, you know, life are at different levels of spiritual maturity based on like what our previous lives have been, you know? And so I think, you know, with my grandmother, you know, she just, she left her physical body you know, as is natural and it's not a horrific, scary thing and just moves on to another realm of existence. The soul just moves on to another realm of existence. Mm-hmm. You know, who know what that existence is? Who knows? You know, but it's not earthly. I've read Seed of the Soul, a bunch of bunch of different, you know, books that I think through the years have like, you know, 
I, I prefer that belief system as well. And I, I kind of almost feel that to be true intuitively, I guess, but, but I never necessarily got that information from somewhere, you know, so it was more reading and then kind of identifying, but did you, like, I'm curious how people that write these books that, that do this kind of work, where did, where did that information come from for you? Did that just resonate from someone else or did you? I think as a child, when I learned about like, um, cause I had to go to Sunday school was part of my life. Like church was a whole thing. So when I was learning about Me like, Easter, was it a whole thing for you yeah. too? So I learned about Easter and like the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all these things. And I was always really fascinated with that, you know? To me, the the significant as a child, the significance of of like um, Jesus being born again, which is how Christians talk about it. To me, that was like an indication that we do or we are capable of of coming back in some way, shape, or form. Right? That that when we leave the body, it doesn't have to be like finite. You know, it's not it's not the show's not over. There's more. <laughs> Just yeah. what the more is, who knows? You know. And then as an adult, I think. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, my, I get a lot of information in my sleep, you know, like my, my sleep life is a whole thing. I get a lot of, um, like I receive a lot of information consciously in my sleep. I also have, you know, experiences where it's just my psyche being stressed out about something and it's like nonsense, my dreams, mm -hmm. but I have experiences too. So I get a lot of information from my sleep, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and I've had lots of readings with folks and a couple of them have shared with me a couple of my past lives, which make so much sense you know one even connects to my trauma so yeah i i think it's just how i naturally think about things and then my life has just kind of shown me that you know kind of confirmed for me that what i was thinking is possible you know can you share what that what that was the the link with your trauma or the... yeah yeah so um and <laughs> I learned that the perpetrator, I'm a, I'm a sexual assault survivor, and I learned that the perpetrator, um, I had a relationship with that person in a previous life, right? Mm -hmm. And so essentially, you know, it, we were playing out kind of where we left off previously. Wow. Yeah. Which really blew my mind because, you know, oftentimes we, for people who do believe in past lives, we typically think that we were these lovely people. We only think about like all the healthy, happy experiences in our past lives. But when you think about ancient cultures and the way, you know, some of them behave, you know, they were sacrificing children and, barbaric. you know, doing yeah. really barbaric things. Exactly. And so, you know, some of those souls are present in this life right now, you know? So we weren't always doing lovely, healthy loving things. We were also doing very horrific things. So I just learned that in my, about my past life with, with my trauma. And it just made so much sense for me. I'm sorry to hear that. Did, did that help you though? Did that help? Like, did it help? That's a good question. I don't really know if it helped because at the point where I, I received this, you know, I had this past life regression. I was in a healthy space with processing my trauma at that point. It just, it, it made sense because I always, there were things, you know, specific things about my relationship with this person that I had always had a knowing about, you mm -hmm. know, even for like years, you know? Um, and so it just kind of connected dots for me and it really made it make sense. But the bigger takeaway was just how beautiful, like the possibility, right? Of how beautifully everything is connected. Mm -hmm. Everything yeah. is connected and it's all in divine order. And it's really led me to 
I didn't believe in judgment for since high school. I haven't believed in good and bad, right? But it gave me even a deeper appreciation for why you cannot judge anything, right? No matter how quote unquote mm-hmm. horrific it appears, because we have such a a limited view of life. We're we're seeing the entirety of life through this very small lens, yeah. and we think we know, <laughs> right? And yeah. we we have no idea. We have no idea. So I think with like a lot. So we had we had in our neighborhood two two little boys or brothers killed by a hit and run accident, and and Ooh. the parents were behind them with their two other kids, and the two boys were in the front on scooters, and it was just a horrific accident for our community. And any any of us that have kids, I mean, it always brings me to tears when I think about them. But I I feel that like you know that's their path. And so like, you know, there's, there's not for us, even as sad as it is for the family. And the fact that, you know, I think on like the only the level that we can understand with the power we have, it's sad, it's tragic, it's unfortunate. These could, these boys could have had beautiful lives, but yet there's something that gives me a little solace and peace knowing that that's their path and that in their death, it's not in vain because there's so many other things that, you know, may come from it that we'll never know, you know, positive things, let's say. And, and so I, I, I think like that for me in terms of death and also seeing my clients overdose through the years due to you know, the, the, you know, the, the drug epidemic and all these things that go on, it, it gives me also solace that kind of belief system of like, well, that's their path. And maybe in their, because of their death, someone else can be saved or, you know, yeah. You don't know the ripple effect of of these things we classify as just tragic, you know? I mean, they are, but yeah. I'm so happy to hear you say that because, you know, that's definitely how I think about things. And that is hard to hear, you know? It's hard to hear because there are are really hurtful things that are happening every single day, you know? And so, but, you know, and I, I wondered too, for myself, I wondered if I was just trying to feel better or understand. Yeah. But I think ultimately for me, why that makes sense for me is because I, I think, you know, love is the only thing that is real, mm-hmm. right? It's the only thing that is real. And life is actually, this, this is a loving experience. It's just like how we, how, what the choices that we make that choose for it to be less loving than it could potentially be. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that, that I know that is true, right? I know that is true. And so that is how it leads me to like understanding my own mm-hmm. trauma and these things in the way that I do. I know. No, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad to, to kind of, you know, have a conversation about that because, you know, when I talk to families and these tra- tra- like tragedies happen and it's, I can't say that necessarily, I can't be insensitive, but again, yeah. it really helps me in terms of being in the position of, helping people through this, you know? So, yeah, and, and I believe it to be true, as, as painful as it is, you know? So it, two things are true here. <laughs> it's painful and there's maybe something else to it that we don't even understand. Yeah, Absolutely, and there's so much beauty to be found in pain, you know? Yeah. There's, so, there's so much if you, if you choose to go there. Yeah, you can experience pleasure without pain and you can't, right. there's a juxtaposition to, everything and and you know it, it you could boil it up with the really commonly used phrase that everything happens for a reason yes and it, you know it's uh it's super interesting to hear the conversation i'm excited for the community <laughs> to hear it because you know i think the same way um even when it's tougher to do when you're personally and emotionally attached to the situation 
um, than objectively, for sure. But, you know, it it also keeps you going, right? Like hope is one of the most, um, I think, important things in high stress situations, whether it be in business or family or anything in life. And without hope, what do you have? So Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's given me a new, um, it's changed my understanding of dark and light too, you know, because, you know, my memoir that I wrote is called titled Copy the Sky, right? And that came to me in a dream, the name of the book. And, And it's like the perfect title. I was so grateful to the energy that, you know, whoever that came from, because, you know, it's about balancing like light and dark. And we have, have, um, you know, we've made darkness this evil thing. But really, when you think about, you know, I'm someone who believes in like as above, so below. And I think we, nature tells us so much about how we should be living life. There's so much information that we get just from observing nature, you know? And if you look at, you know, the dark matter of the cosmos and all the unknown that exists there. So for me, I think of, you know, what we call darkness as just the unknown. Yeah. It doesn't have to be bad or evil or wicked or, you know, we don't have to demonize it. It's just the unknown. And mm-hmm. and if you believe or if you have an understanding that life is loving, once you go into those unknown spaces, you, you know, you can find relief and comfort because you will have a, lo- you will, you will find a loving perspective. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. But, but because we don't, because we think darkness is, you know, we demonize it. No one wants to go there, right? So yeah. I'm really excited to talk to people more about like understanding dark and light in a different way, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, a lot of times when I reflect back on my life and 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 think about it, like my earliest tattoos were an angel and a devil on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I've been dealing with that my whole life. And sometimes my wife will say to me, like, you have, you have a dark side. Like you have, and I'm like, you know, listen, I think that everybody has a light and dark side and mm-hmm. you just hope that you're gravitating to the light side. And, you know, I think especially with masculine energy, mm-hmm. I think that men in particular that are not really heavily disciplined and focused on being strong as a leader for their families and so on and so forth are very yeah. dangerous. And I yeah. think everybody has that light and dark side. And, you know, to me, that's not, you're not offending me by saying I have a light and a dark side. I agree with right. you. I have a light and a dark side, but I'm here to do good. And, yeah. you know, I think not many people have that kind of macro perspective <laughs> or feeling yeah. and thought about, you know, the universe and our spirits and our souls. And, you know, I think, negativity spreads so much easier than positivity. So you have to work really, really hard to be positive and share positive messages that cut through the negativity and the dark. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I also believe that at our core, we are, you know, we are all love, right? And so the things that cause us to behave and exhibit painful, you know, behaviors, um, you know, getting to the root of those things is so important because those things are not who you are as things are not who anybody is. Right. They, those are kind of like really maladaptive, maladjusted, you know, behaviors that have come from people's pain that is unresolved or, you know, things that they haven't reconciled. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that, 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 I guess that, that if you think of dark as like 
people who think of dark as being bad, it's it's not bad. It's really pain, and and it's important to get to the unknown aspects of the root of that pain. Yeah, yeah. they're like conditioned, though. I've seen so many people just conditioned to behave in certain ways because repetitively, yeah. that's all they've seen, or that's all that they've been Absolutely. taught, or that's all that they've been pushed towards, literally pushed towards. So like you said, it's not necessarily who they are, although that's them exhibiting these behaviors. So it's confusing right. for people. Yeah. Uh, and it's confusing for the people that love those people because it's totally like, it's them. What do you mean? It's them. And it's not necessarily not always them. There's so many layers um, to all of us. It's just yeah. I, I wish somebody would have told me that many years ago, because, you yeah. know, I through the loss of my mother in my early 20s, I was just angry and just yeah. mad and you know and when somebody says you know to you at a young age like that where you're not very mature like you know, what are you so angry about like what do you say you know it's like wait a minute like I'm fucking angry because my mom's gone like i miss right. her like yeah. you know like why yeah. do you think i'm angry like you think i'm just going to be able to deal with such a traumatic experience like that and go on the next day and be happy about my life it's just yeah. not possible and it takes a really you know when you said it's pain it's a, it's a million percent pain and i don't wish pain like that on anybody absolutely you know, it, it's one of those um it's it's joining a club you never wanted to belong to yeah for sure. I mean, you know, I repressed my trauma for nearly 20 years, but it was, it caused me so much pain. Like my brain didn't even let me acknowledge that this horrible thing happened to me, you know? Sure. So, I mean, pain is like, it's very real. It is very real, you know? And I kind of think of my trauma, I've come to think of it a bit as an offering because without the healing journey that triggered, you know, that was triggered by that pain, I don't know for sure because it didn't happen, right? This is what is happening is what is happening. I don't know for sure if I would have, you know, gotten to these depths with who I am and and how to experience life in a way that brings me joy, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think it's safe to say you wouldn't. Exactly. I think so too. I think so too. You know, I've had friends that think I'm being hard on myself and they're like, oh, but you don't know, maybe. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what's happening. I can only go by what is actually happening. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we all transform and use our experiences, I think, for to help others and to, to yeah. help, you know, through, through relating to people and helping those people through things too. Ebony, we could talk to you for so long and I, we so, I mean, I could, this is like, <laughs> One of my favorite kind of conversations ever, ever, ever. So um, we so appreciate you being here with us. And can you tell everybody that's listening, you know, where to find you, what your offerings are, and sure. yeah, what's going um, on next? Yeah, sure. So my website is um, ebonybanks.me, and ebony is E B O N I, and my Instagram is Intuitive Ebony Writes. So those are the best places to find me. If you're interested in a remote session, you can book there. Or if you're in New York City, you know, we could do face-to-face -face sessions. Um, and I have two books that I've written that I'm hoping to birth into the world. And wow. one of them is a workbook teaching people like how to access their intuition. It's cool. for people who know nothing about it, right? So I don't even think I wrote the book. That I think I channeled because I'm so proud of it. It's like there's activities and all these lovely things for people to do. And then the other book is just a memoir about my the entirety of my healing journey. So, wow. which is, um, That's amazing. you know, really interesting and abstract. So, 
Amazing. Amazing. And we're, we're looking forward to that. And let us know how to support you when these books come out because thank you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this, everyone this needs this. Really, everyone really needs this information. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.